<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Andrew, I have a bowling-related injury. My right arm is so jacked up. <laughs> all the muscles on the right side of my body. When you don't exercise that bowling arm, sometimes it'll it'll seize up on you. It's crazy and we were okay so like we got a free game at this very fancy and i have to say overpriced but lovely place in highland park Highland park. i Bowl. hate it oh dude it's crazy justin we were there i think it was like you me and mamory were like let's bowl around it's 70 dollars for one lane oh for I, one game yeah what i thought it was like a hundred dollars an hour type place 70 an hour i think actually it's it where we were like oh no thanks. We're just going to drink and watch other people bowl. Yeah, we're good. So we were gifted two lanes to roll oh on. Oh my god! By management, thank you so much, Highland Which Park Bowl. After the dope. fundraiser we had there, um, but man, it was great. I was like, this is the only reason I'm ever gonna bowl here. And then I will say, I was like, the lanes are not up to my level of standard. In that, like, I feel like they were a little warped. They and it was really worked. hard for me to sink a strike. Well, steampunk, you guys. The yes. aesthetic is steampunk. There's, ex- so. there's exposed cogs <laughs> everywhere. Well, I was like, listen, you can have the interior of the building with the old exposed, you know, pipes and, and inner workings everywhere. But how about actually have the bowling lanes up to par so that you're not hurting yourself with like the the bowling balls were weird i was like i can't find anything that's i didn't mind the balls as a woman with like big fingers for me it was actually it was pretty great listen i'm a fat finger bowler and it is really hard to find one that's light but has finger holes for fatties for fat hands and so i was like struggling and then because i'm an idiot and i was probably like eight drinks deep at that point uh i slipped over the line and slipped a little bit and because it's all uneven and crooked i got like splinters which that shit should be yeah over. you're not there to like impress anyone with a score apparently well you were getting it's mad show. i was pissed andrea's as some of you may or may not know is i would I mean, you you bold. I have a nickname. You have a nickname. What's the nickname? The Glasgow Thunder. Shut the fuck. <laughs> what is it? Alaska the Gla- Thunder. The Glasgow Thunder. Gla- is Glasgow my, Thunder. It's my bowling nickname. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this girl will bowl a turkey. I mean, she she just mops the floor with us when we go bowling. To 
like 73 is my highest game ever. Yeah, girl. 300 being a perfect score in case you didn't know. (laughs) And that was on a fluke. That was like at a birthday party with friends in Chicago. I'd been drinking all night, like kept landing strikes. And then I I got weird in my head about it and like flop sweaty. So every time I'd roll a strike, I'd have to go right back to the place I was before. And I was like, nobody talked to me. (laughs) Nobody talked to me. Oh, 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 also, the fucking alley ball that I picked up, the name on it, Rat Boy. Rat Boy? Ugh. Hey, Rat Boy. More rat culture. Thank you, Rat Boy. The voice is still a little raspy. Plus, I've been to three Cubs games. My God. (laughs) Before that. We were, I went to the Cubs game as well, and I was just probably screaming for more cheap white wine uh, more than anything. And we were screaming. Brooke was, Brooke was out of her seat a lot. I she was like, I'll be back. And she'd be gone for like <laughs> 20 or 30 minutes. She'd be back. She's like, I found bourbon. That's how I, she was at summer nights. She was just like, I'm going to go find Mara. I'll be back. <laughs> Give me a break. Summer nights was madness. I couldn't find any of you pretty much the whole time. And then you and Becky went and hid in a corner upstairs. We did not hide. (laughs) We were dancing. My mom had this thing where anytime she had any sort of social event where her friends were over, she could never just sit fucking still. She would always be like, now nah, I have to go do laundry now, or I have to go I do can. this. And she'd always busy herself the entire that's time. How I, that's what I, I am because I host, but when so many people come to my house, it's tough because I'm always like juggling. And then at the end of it, I'm like, did I fucking talk to, to anybody? anybody? Which is why at my 40th party, birthday party, I was like, I'm putting out a plate of pizza rolls and that's all you get. That's like all you get jerks. <laughs> I know. I know. It's maddening. I, I, I do this stuff too, where, but it's also, it's what being a server for a very long time ingrains in you where you're like, I got to multitask. You got, got time to lean. You got yeah. time to clean. Gotta check all the boxes, checking on your people. Can you guys kind of get you guys anything? Plus I love a spread. I love to, I, I know. love to see bask in the glow of people having a good time. And I think that a lot of it does have to do with like being a great server. Everyone in your section is doing very well. You are calm and collected because of it. There is no chaos. Now, if only someone would give you a big stack of money at the end of your party. <laughs> but that's not why we have parties. That'd be weird. No, I know. It'd be very strange. No, no. I mean. I'd take the money, but it would be yeah, a little yeah. weird. <laughs> Maybe well, you just like reserve it for yourself. Or what about a tip jar? That's that. acceptable. I'm not saying I want to be paid. I'm just saying like it's, it's also fun to be like, oh, and then I also get paid for this, you know. I get paid in all the leftover bottles of wine that everyone, you know, everyone bring. It's it's kind of great. You're flushed with like some nice wine for or a week not. or two afterwards, or not, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I just I just had people over and I had so much wine. And I was like, you guys, what am I gonna do with this? Regift. I know. I oh no, she I she sent me home with a home. bag of wine, and then we went to another event, and I was like, here's some more recycled wine. This is it's great though. What are you going to do? I love recycled wine. It's the new hottest LA drink. Recycled mm. wine. You guys had this? Speaking of weird food, did you guys see this making the rounds on the internet? It's the summer's new hottest frozen treat. It's a Boston summer a chowder popsicle. Somebody... <laughs> No. This is a prank. Are you no. pranking us? Oh, I love it. I mean, they made it. If you want to look at it, I should have put it in color. Look at the rules on the wall, oh. Brooke. Number one, oh. no pranks. This makes me sick to look at it. 
Okay, like, so I feel like I shouldn't look at the color photo because I might actually vomit. Well, so basically someone opened up a big can of chunky Boston clam chowder and they put one of the popsicle forms, like basically they put it in dumped a little it into silicone a, form, into a silicone silicone mold form, popped it in the freezer, and what comes out is a yummy, frozen, fishy, creamy Boston treat. <laughs> for who and for Ugh. what? Ugh. For people from Boston. I mean, it has no. to do with Boston. something. Boston, I, if sorry, it's specifically Boston. like a Campbell's chunky. Like, there's something in that soup that's making it like the gelatinous like form it is, right? So it's eating more like a creamsicle, I assume, than a popsicle. Gross. Well, yeah, which is horrifying. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's a very chunky, creamy, chunks of yummy, yummy clam in it's your- like there's like mayonnaise ice cream you can get now. No, what? places, no. Yeah, mayo-flavored ice cream, which part of me is kind of like, Maybe, like, mm. maybe just to try, because it's like going to Salt and Straw, and they have fucking goat cheese ice cream with olive brittle in it. Yeah. Which, like, two bites is good, but then it's just, like, a little too much, you know, to have, like, a whole scoop of it. But I think that's, like, w- taking it to, like, one extreme and, like, I guess in a little bit more of a an elite, like, artisanal way, where it's supposed to just, like, putting a fucking can of chunky Campbell's soup in the freezer and be like, here's your dessert! Like... <laughs> All right, can it, you chatterheads. Guys, we've got some more server-submitted stories. Whoop, whoop. You guys keep serving it up. I love it. Uh, you you want to read one again? Sure. Please. Jossie, you read one but from Michaela. Whoops, that was the chair. That was the chair. Yeah, that right. Just like a Oh, boy. I we got a server submitted story here from Michaela uh, at me and Mr. B. Hey, ten years in this industry, so this is one of my many stories. Sad how many rack up, you know. I like to refer to this one as human napkin. Uh oh. I was working at a really fine dining restaurant overlooking the many beaches in my hometown in Australia. Oh, good day, mate. Hey, welcome. We were hosting a graduation ball for new doctors. Our mistake for thinking doctors would be easy to serve. And this one girl so- showed up so drunk that she took out one of the waitresses' greeting and a whole tray of champagne flutes <laughs> whilst walking in. She showed up so drunk. Uh, yeah. Maybe she wanted more booze. <laughs> Back to the story. Serving her through the night was this... <laughs> A well-balanced dance of, no, sorry, miss, you cannot have another drink, and that's not your glass. <laughs> Dessert was served, which was some fancy lava cake. She proceeded to eat it with her hands, Uh-oh. and as I walked past her, she used not only my apron as a napkin, she wiped her face on my shirt. <laughs> Safe to say I got to go on break, early to change, and still to this day, we joke about the story and this lady when the new hires come in. Love the podcast, Michaela. Oh, my God. Whoa. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you want to wipe your own dirty face on your own shirt and apron, I'm all for it. Also, good luck wiping your face on my, who knows when the last time I washed my apron on your face. Right. Like, joke's on you, turd lady. But as a, as a, as a, a stranger, I'm sorry. We are not human napkins. I wonder if it was a bistro apron. I'm just curious. It was like long and it was easier to like snag and grab <laughs> and like be. pull her over. Oh, because she was probably, she probably got the tablecloth. She's like, oh, this tablecloth won't hold still. It's moving <laughs> and yelling at me. No, I'm a person. 
God damn it. I love the idea of a human tablecloth. They should be right next to the ladies eat sushi off of their naked bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, people are absolutely insane. I'm fucking loving these server-submitted stories so much. They're Thank really you guys good. so much. And actually, that's so exciting that I didn't catch that you were from Australia. So as we like to say, cool. good day. Is that what we like to say? Well, we've, I'm so we embarrassed. Like I just like to talk in mm-hmm. Australian. <laughs> Your dog's licking my neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's so erotic. Welcome to. He started nuzzling and licking my neck like he was a lover. He's no, really changed. He's come so far. Oh, my God. Oh, but this is what I deal with every every day he makes out with mommy my neck anyways he doesn't know he did anything wrong jocelyn you are very stunned he's very content with himself and his little underbite all right oh. we got him we got oh. it we got it okay yeah, okay we'll give him a moment um but that's awesome thank you so much for writing in um i've got one from ethan uh at ethan shug or shug i'm not sure how you pronounce that so ethan says i worked in a diner off and on throughout college and the first year post-grad. I served and hosted, and this particular busy Sunday was on register phone. I never knew my owners to turn away a reservation, even though we told customers we never took reservations. A hockey team of 30 or so calls, and they, th- and they say they're on their way, and I'm like, sure, they won't care. They never do. And naturally, I forgot to get a phone number. So I tell my boss, and he says immediately to call them back, and no way we can do that when seemingly any other large group they'd make accommodations for. So like, what's up with that? So Ethan's like, what the fuck do I do? So I'm sitting there for two minutes dialing my own cell phone number, feeling it vibrate in my pocket and telling my bosses that they just aren't picking up. They say, try again. So I just called myself again and said they didn't pick up. Needless to say, the 30 came in, sat in separate sections. The kitchen was a mess, but nobody died and the servers were happy to be busy. Interesting. Interesting. There should be a limit to how many. You can do something and then all of a sudden you're told you can't do something. And also, where is the manager and, like, where's the host and why is this so chaotic? Like, who's actually, who's running this floor plan for the evening? Exactly. And, but I know that feeling of, like, in the restaurant job when you do forget to do one of the things that makes the job possible, which is like um, mm-hmm, putting someone's order in, you know, we all, you all get that, uh-oh, you know, and make a beeline for the POS station. But doing fuck-ups like that too and just doing anything to not be held accountable and get in trouble for it is the name of the game, baby. Also, in a, in a world of cell phones and, you know, with the way phones are now today, there's usually some sort of like call log system on like every, like even landline now. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing that little, you know, obviously that wasn't the case, but uh, maybe this was a, a while ago, but yeah, they did not retain that out. number. I love the idea that I love like the added uh, additional information that it was a hockey team that was coming in. <laughs> the, he's like, we don't serve hockey players in this, you know, <laughs> they do smell. I don't know if you've ever smelled a, a hockey, mm-hmm. hockey ice player. jockeys. Is that what we call <laughs> ice jockeys? I'm claiming, I'm claiming that, that term, Brian, ice jockeys. But it's true. It's true. I did. Um, we had like family friends. The all the boys in the family were hockey players. That gear smells like something so ungodly. And yeah, it's, it's just like kombucha. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Pretty pretty intense. Guys, let's get back into our money talk. Money talks and bullshit walks. Am I right? Yeah. Who says that? Uh, lots of know. people have through lots the years. People. I don't. Yeah. I have to, I have to go back and think of think it's of what real, that is. A, I feel like it was a real 80s term. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we left off last episode talking about, you know, the fact that we have all really, really struggled with our finances, even while we were making, you know, hand over fist and like cash tips while waitressing. And at some point, you know, I, I believe you as a server, like you will figure out how to do it and make the most of it. There, there comes a time and a turning point for every one of us to get fucking real about money. But I think the the very legitimate thing we all deal with sometimes in the industry is a term called the, the golden handcuffs, which I never heard. Take a minute to shake it out, Winnie. Well, a term I've heard in the industry is called the golden handcuffs, which is that really tough thing where you get addicted to that cash. And so sometimes you aren't making time and space in your life to do other things to maybe get a little leg up some in another area that you're interested in, you know, I think it, it, it's a term for you're just afraid to leave. Cause it's like, it's a, it's a beautiful cash filled jail that you've put yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's true. You know, even working like a job where you have two shifts a week at a bar totally. and, 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 it, and it might be a nightmare time the whole time, but you know, you're going to walk with that bank. It is hard to say goodbye to things like that. And I think it just shows like how much misery and torture a human person will put themselves through it, to walk out with a fat stack. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great thing. And so now I don't mean this like golden handcuffs is also a great term for, you know, people who are just like, you know, maybe also it's like, man, I want to maybe take a run at getting some sort of like going back to school or doing some sort of 9 to 5 administrative thing. Man is it a rough day the first morning you decide to do something like that you're showing up you're in the nine to five rat race you're so stressed out in the morning because that's not been your life and so it like I see how easily and I've done this myself you're sort of like f this I want to go back into my comfort zone which is working for cash baby so it's a real tough thing. You can get super addicted to it, but you just have to kind of have a plan of action and give it some time if you decide you do not want to make your money through waitressing anymore. Otherwise, if that's your bag, do it up. There are ways to learn how to be good with money. Now, who's, who's currently experiencing a real grown-up thing they've done with money that they're proud of? Uh, me? <laughs> I'm experiencing. I, I'm, I just got my first financial advisor, um, and I, I'm currently building my uh, retirement portfolio and finally like sticking my toe into like the stock market and all these little adult things where I just, cause I don't want to be a homeless, uh, toothless old lady on the street. <laughs> well, and that there's the fucked up reality of it is like, that's just it is like, we already have to start figuring out what our future is going to look like because social security is gone, babies. Yeah. Like we don't have a future financially. It's uh, the boomers took it. The boomers ruined it. Cool. <laughs> well, they're all, they're all, they haven't taken it yet. I mean, it's there when they all start to get, they're all starting to take it now and it's going to happen for like the next 20 years plus. But it's, but it's even failing them. Like the system is caving in on itself. So the boomers are going to be the last generation to really see and enjoy those benefits and even those are being super stripped down, which is crazy. Hey, at least Amazon didn't have to pay any taxes. Oh my God, that is like, that is mind blowing. What are you, Scientology? Good God. <laughs> um, but also, so like, right, so we've got this thing where like, we're maybe even talking about getting out of the service industry where, you know, you don't have benefits, you don't have a 401k on your paycheck. Uh, 
well, guess what? A bunch of other people with regular jobs ain't about to have that stuff too. So Right. But there's also people who have regular jobs who go wait tables to make extra money to be more responsible. Well, teachers have to wait tables at night after teaching and shaping minds all, you know, all day with children because it pays so poor. Anyways, this is going to just go off the rails into a why America is so fucked up. <laughs> I have a good rant. I, I think if you're waiting tables and, you know, you're trying to save up, what really helped me is going directly to the ATM after my shift and putting the money in my bank. I, I would start doing that. Instead of holding the cash. It yes. really helped. I think that is the, like the simplest Step one, do it. Hey, make sure it's a well-lit, locked, you know, because this is probably yeah, going to be- Yeah, your safety, of course. You know, at nighttime or just go straight home and make sure you're going to go to the bank in the morning, whichever it is, but it's sort of like out of sight, out of mind, tuck it away, save it for a rainy day. And there were always awesome folks that I was I would work with through the years that were on a path. Maybe they were in school, you know, and they did work a couple days a week and that was straight up like, this is how I pay my bills. This is how I have a little extra money to save and we're very very responsible with like every single dollar being accounted for absolutely because I think too it's like so you know I think we were talking about being younger and not having like you know a vision of like what's life going to be like or what's my future what do I what do I want do I want to someday not have five roommates not going to think about that right now. So I feel like as you stay in the service industry and get older, your adult sort of wants and needs do come into focus and you can keep a waitressing job and achieve all of that, which is what's rad. So like, I'm not saying that uh, money will come more easy to you because you quit the service industry. I'm saying it could actually be really beneficial if you hustle your ass off and are good with that money too. So- you just don't go drink it all away. Uh, well, yeah, I know, I know, yes. absolutely. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna save money, quit drinking. Let me update you on how much how money, much money have you spent, Jocelyn? Since, or meant saved, saved since November seventh, two thousand eighteen. Stand by. Oh, I was like, only two thousand and eighteen dollars. That seems low. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. We're at five thousand four hundred and fourteen dollars. Oh my god. And that is just. Just That's I have six months, based right, almost mm-hmm. a little it's over six, seven months. It's seven and the third months. That is um, saying that a drink in LA costs eleven dollars, which it doesn't. But since in this app mm-hmm. you have to like put in a daily drink, I put in two white wines, sure, to uh-huh. account for like what I would drink throughout the whole week. Sure, right. Kind of thing. No, you because when I when I when I tried that app for about a week and then stopped. Um, uh, yeah, I was like, well, you know, it's all over the place. But yeah, when you figure that uh, average drink price 11-ish, how many would I have? I might have a night with nothing. But then, yeah. So I, I, I think I fully was like, yeah, I'm like a two glass of wine yeah. drinker. But yeah. even in seven days, I had like basically lost enough calories that equal one pound. Yeah, it was like over 2,000. Yeah, 3,500. Or something. It was close to that. So it was like about 2,500 and I had already saved like – $240 in yeah. one week, which I was like, well, okay, that doesn't, it makes sense and it doesn't. I know what you're saying, but. 4,000 or 43,000 calories is how many calories it says I saved. That's crazy. That's it's a amazing. great app. If anybody wants, it's like a little ticker. It's called I'm done exclamation point drinking. Well, will you take a screenshot of your money saved and days and yeah. then we, we could put it on the story or something. Yeah. That'd be really fun. Um, well, and that's, I think the cool thing too is like now there are these apps to help you budget 
and they really hold you accountable mm-hmm. and they help move your money and see what's possible, what you can spend. I'm kind of bad at those. I have, you know, the Duns are like YNAB, freak, freaky dudes. Ah, yeah. They like the YNABs. Like, there, there's Mint. Mint mm-hmm. is another one, a budgeting app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All good. I mean. Or here's one, listen to your mother. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Well, my mom, I don't think she, I oh, think. My mom's an ace. My mom's a My mom's an ace, ace. With, her, with her finances, but I, don't, I feel like she was never like, listen to me, do it like this, you will be successful. Like, that never happened. Plus, this just makes me, again, so adamant about the fact there should be personal finance classes that you're required to Ugh. take in high school. In Absolutely. Yeah, nothing like, from my parents. Yeah. Well, they don't. They they don't want us to be empowered because then the whole system. Oh, I get it. Crumble, right? If we started to understand well, finances, maybe and we how should credit. start teaching classes well, at the Discovery here. Center. It starts here on this podcast, okay? And so here's I'm gonna. <laughs> there, there's like 20 other personal finance podcasts out there. Albert, <laughs> well, are they any fun? <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> Do they have dogs on everyone's laps while they podcast? Fully panting into the microphone. Doubt it. I doubt it. Um, Well, that being said, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you're waiting tables right now, maybe not feeling great about money, you probably might also have trash credit. (laughs) I had absolutely trash credit for a long time. And that is another thing that gets your self-esteem so down and kind of keeps you in this mindset of like, I guess, you know, this is just as good as it gets for me. There's no climbing out of this hole. And I will tell you that I am the poster child from running away from scary money things and had gotten myself into so many financial problems. Um, And at the end of the day, it was probably maybe only $7,000 total all in of debt. But that just is like, it's insurmountable. You're just sort of like, I can't fix this. Like, I only have enough money for the reality I want to live in at the moment. But I did one of those things. And my mom, this is when a mom sits you down and is like, tell me how in debt you are. And I was like, no. Like she had to like wrestle me. And she's like, you tell me. She's like pinning me down. And I was like, I owe this and this. And she's like, call this number right now. We are going to uh, try and consolidate debt on one of these credit cards. She's like, I'm going to give you a small loan and you're going to do it. And she's like, and now we're going, and which is, please don't get me wrong. None of us uh, usually have mommies and daddies who fix our financial problems. That's not... We just don't come from that, you know? But my mom, because she wanted to help me in a way that was not just like, oh, here's fun money. Go be an idiot. She's like, this money is to help you get your shit straight, girl. And so she did it. She paid one thing down, which I had to pay her back for. And then she helped me open one of those credit cards for dummies, which I think we've spoken about once or twice on this podcast where it's like it costs $75 to activate it and then you've got $125 left for the month. But you pay it off perfectly. And within six months, I was getting higher limits, new credit cards. I totally turned my credit around within a year. So you can do it. You can do it, ladies and gents. Just really want to have a TED talk about money and cash. So I think that's a huge thing. If you're having credit issues, like it's just gonna, it's just gonna help to get that fixed at some point in the future. If you want to get like smart with your money, you know. Sure. Uh, Yeah. You know, you and I, our biggest Andrea, are you in the Chase Sapphire Reserve Club credit card girl? No. Okay. 
We love this credit card. We talk about it all <laughs> the time. Uh, they should pay me. They should pay you. Maybe they'll sponsor. But it's funny where you you can go from being really, really freaked out about money to then like being a nerd and excited about it because you're like, oh my God, I have like good credit. Like, holy shit. Like, this is smart. This is achievable. And now I got a rad credit card. It's one of the heavy ones. You get a lot of perks from it, but I will say is the kind of credit card where – you do want to have a very low balance or pay it off every month because then like because the APR on it, what you end up paying extra on top of it kind of equates to the like amount of points you're getting. So you have to like play the game in your favor. Otherwise it doesn't it all kind of just balances out. Ooh. And if you do go and get a credit card, it's so fun to follow the points guy. He's got a great blog and he's a freak. And if you want to literally figure out how to scam everything, not scam, but like you use these credit cards like you 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 bleed them dry with all the perks and benefits they give you because if you're going to offer it, use it. And so many people ignore like all the little like fun like cashback rewards and like points. I love how excited we're all getting about like being personally like financially responsible, you know. And I think that there is so much power in that. Whereas you do work hard for your money, you know. I'm in a job where I'm still in the service industry, and I work my I put my head down and I like don't get up for eight hours, and I'm just like catering to like people and their needs just like you would at a restaurant job, you know, like, like I did for years and to be able to see what you've piled up, like at the end of a month and say like, this is the pile of money I've made is just amazing. I think no matter what job you have, but in the service industry, because of like the hustle and again, the lifestyle we've talked about to be able to like see a bigger pile of money at the end of the month is, is great. And I feel comfortable because we're ladies. Let's talk in terms like piles because ladies have a lot of trouble with actual numbers and facts and figures. Yeah, so I like now, the way you're illustrating that, yeah, Andrea. Like a condo pile? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, and I think what's great too is like, so say if you've got that nine to five, it's just not meeting, you know, making ends meet for you too. Like, dude, Picking up bartending shifts or working in a restaurant is the best fucking side hustle. And you can really, my brother's going to look into it now. Um, he has a dog walking business, but it's like, it's a lot of hours for not amazing money. And so if he can get an employee to work under him, he's going to try and do like two restaurant shifts a week just to walk out with that cash, you know? And I got to say, if you like to work hard, put your head down and hustle, like the service industry can really, really pay off. Yeah, it can really add that yeah, boost. Yeah, it's, it's hard work, but it's, it's a, you do get paid. And work is work is work, you guys. Most of the time. I mean, ain't no shame in showing up and making, you know, making those ends meet. It's not easy right now in this economy and like this I culture mean, we live in. If like I had the time and I could do one bartending a shift like a week that was financially pretty worth it and I would take all that money and I could go on like vacations all year with that money I make like that's amazing well that's what's interesting though is because I was like looking up how millennials and probably gen y is it gen z is it gen z gen z gen z, z and millennials they're in a lot of trouble right now because they just live their lives so differently than we do where a study was saying that it's like 75 percent of those generations are influenced to make purchases by what they consume online. So if you see everyone, you know, having like the most expensive $300 purse, got to have that purse. If you see all your friends taking like trips on yachts and shit like that, they are blowing a line of credit that, you know, they've probably just started out their life and they're like, well, I got to take these trips. I got it. They're, they're spending and, and doing their money all completely out of order. And it's like, they haven't even joined the workforce, but the little money they do. I mean, Hey, you're living good. 
don't get me wrong, but to me, I think some of us come from like, I worked hard for this trip I took and it was like sweat equity that got me the money that got me to do this trip. And so it's interesting where they're, they're abusing credit and doing these like real fancy lifestyles and totally tanking their financial futures. Well, then I see the generate my parents and their generation where it's like, you don't go anywhere. You work your whole life until you retire and then you go places, well, you know, you, that's, that's the flip side of it is mm. we're somewhere in between. Cause I don't want to be like, and my, don't get me wrong. Parents are having a blast, but never did a big, um, indulgent, like have a cultured vacation and leave the country until their mid fifties. Well, Brian and I were talking cause we were just visiting his family in Baltimore, you know, about his grandparents who were greatest generation, correct? I assume. And they, 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 they saved all they did was save money. I don't think that they did anything like really out of the norm, out of the box, as far as like extravagant vacations or trips or anything. And they just like saved the whole time. And like, was it a regret? I don't know. Are did they leave like their family, like their daughters, with a good chunk of change, and now they're set up, and that's passed on and on? Yeah, but I think that they regretted like not taking advantage of their life, especially when they were young and able to do things like that. Yeah, I think there's there, like there's there's a happy medium we can figure out with this because. That's just crazy. Yeah, when you do hear of these stories, um, you know, like, I did everything so you could inherit my house or whatever. And I'm, like, looking at my parents, like, I hope you guys start making a plan for getting rid of all this shit. Like, I love you, but I want you to spend your money on you. Like, my future money-making plan isn't, like, inheriting your shit. I'm a little bit like, please put that stuff on Craigslist. I do not want to sell all your furniture. Oh Oof, I know that's like a little bit of a dark conversation to have, but I think it is that generation's mentality. Like, we want you to have all of our stuff. And I'm like, we don't want it. Please live a good life. You don't have to live in a huge house. I right. was like, how about in like another 10 years, look at downgrading to a condo. Mm-hmm. Use that money to travel and enjoy, you know? So while we're talking about being much more responsible with your money, I think there are some really fun tips. Yes. From being a server, like Justin was saying before, go straight to that ATM that night or the next morning, Mm -hmm. put everything in there. You know, things that I have learned over the years is to first pay yourself, make sure all your bills are covered and all the savings you have capped, then that's your fun money left over. And I think what's really difficult is the fact that you we were talking about in the last episode is that you have all that cash in your hand at the moment. So it is exciting to be like, I have this, let's go. But to there is almost like a huge extra step around it, right? No, because every night you're going, I'm rich, woohoo, <laughs> shooting guns. And then the next day you wake up, you're like, I'm poor, Where'd all my money go? And then you go to work and you're like, I'm rich. God forbid you do the thing, which I certainly did once or twice, where like you just like drop your tips like on the floor in the bar where you're at and then you lose everything. Mm. I mean, it happened like oh, once or twice in my life. Sad. Yeah. It's, one time it happened, I was on my bike on the driving on my way home from like the long run where I'd been drinking and I like stopped at a 7-Eleven and I was like, wait, where'd all my tips go? And I called the bar and then Jason who owns the long run, half of it, also Clark, I love you guys, um, didn't have it. I, I retraced my steps in the dark in Lincoln Square and found my wad of cash like on wow. Lawrence Avenue at like two in the morning. What an idiot. But I found Ooh. it. Oh, that's I just got so sweaty. It was, it was, I was like, no, 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 no. And it'd been like a really good night. It was like one of those nights where like you work a private party and you make like $300 and you're cut by like 7 p.m. Ooh, baby. One of those nights, you know? Just got horny. (laughs) 
wow. It's like a new menu segment on the show. Like Brooke gets horny. <laughs> Ooh, baby. And then Hank's going to jump up here and Rot-row. sensuously make out with oh, my neck. Mm. He's a little lover. Um, but I uh, I saw this article um, that was written on a site called Upserve and this just for, you know, like maximizing tips while you're in the restaurant and even making them, it's like not even about what you walked away with. Like you can even start doing things to just really try and ensure that maybe you're going to make an extra 10 or $20 than get you normally them would. Drinks. Ex- get them drinks. That was my thing. It's like if people were drinking, I always made sure they had the chance to order another round. Yeah, you go and to I, that drink. Then that's a pet fucking peeve of mine, mine too. too. When I'm at a restaurant, my drink's and I'm empty, like, and I'm like, I need a drink. What do they not want to make money off me? Like, add yeah, thirty dollars to your tab every time you take the order. Oh my god, right? It just goes up and up and up. So here are eight, which I think we can all agree on, ways to uh, really, really, really get your tips up while you're on the job. So greet your tables ASAP. No duh. That is percent. That is Even waitering busy, 101. Just check in and be like, hey guys, I'll be right I'll wait with you. Nice to see you. Also, another fucking pet peeve of mine. I always would do that shit. Ooh, I love this. Let's keep going, bro. Oops. I'm horny now. Andrea's horny. Okay. <laughs> we have a, a horny horn. Uh okay. So establish connections with your customers. You know, just like uh, something personalized, whatever it is. But again, just greeting them, letting them know like, hey, yeah. I'm here to They're take like, care cool. of hey, you. Hey, are you human? Hey, I'm human too. Perfect. Great. We're going to have a fun, I'm going to guide you through a fun meal tonight, <laughs> friends. You know, take a minute to maybe put a little extra pepper on that old personality and spiel of yours. <laughs> Especially if you literally have to grind pepper on the salads. I would say just give them a little <laughs> extra turn, even if they say stop. <laughs> grind it into their eyes. <laughs> Non-consensual pepper. <laughs> Andrea. That's my favorite new improv team name. <laughs> Hi, we're non-consensual pepper. Can we have, <laughs> Can a, we have suggestion? a suggestion? For a, okay. Okay, number three, speak up. And what this means is, uh, you know, old tricks like reading order, orders back to customers can really go a long way. It's showing to them that, like, you heard them. You know the little twist or turn they want, the modification they want on their order. Um, and it really, really helps too. Like, listen, if you forgot like one little thing, go back and double check and be like, I'm sorry. Did you say you wanted this? It, a, it saves you the trouble of messing it up and making them mad. And it's like, oh, cool. Like they cared enough to come back. Yeah. Your, your double check. Feels heard and taken care of. Absolutely. If you're like, oh my gosh, was this drink on the rocks or straight up? Go back and be like, I'm sorry. I know you wanted a Negroni, but ha- remind me how you wanted that and be like, perfect. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. If not, then your tip, your tip might be on the rocks is what's going to happen there, you guys. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. So number four, maintain a good attitude. This one is hard, but most of us are probably actors. <laughs> I was and, yeah. you know, just remember you are on stage and acting on and the floor. You can go exactly. back and you can go in the back. Yeah, go in, go in the back and say whatever you want. Be a horrible mean toad all you want. Just slap that damn smile on your face. Exactly. It goes a long way. Like when waiters look so sullen and shitty, you're just like, here we go. Yeah. You know? Put a smile on your face. Just just you're you're there to make money. It's your job. Do a good job. So five, invest in some professional development. If you work at a great restaurant group that is like offering some wine courses on the side, like is there a way you can maybe move up and be the go-to person where they're like, oh yeah, like Brooks the server who knows everything about like frisantes or pet nats. These are words I learned from Kyle because you can't be one of them trainers, make that train and money. 
That too, where mm-hmm. Renee Gauthier talked about how she became like the go-to trainer and would make that extra money and hell yeah. Um, okay, so this is a good one. Give away freebies when you can. Absolutely. A little something you can sneak in that's not going to jeopardize your job makes tables feel seen and appreciated. What are they talking about? Bring food from home? Like bacon <laughs> cookies? What? You guys you guys want a toot of my vape I pen? Mean, listen, I think we all know uh, like the moral sort of center of what your personal establishment is like, yeah, it's cool. You liked them. You know, give them this free dessert. Like, we don't even have to ring it in. Like, I can't tell you how horny a free platter of (laughs) mozzi sticks gets me going. Boy, oh boy, do I feel heard and horny. She's losing it. Andrea is arriving. Uh, I just laughed so hard I made myself uh, lightheaded. Lightheaded. (laughs) Okay. So, and number seven, upsell. That's the name of the game when you can. Don't be an obnoxious, pushy, like out of touch person about it. Wait a minute. Are you training us right now for your restaurant in the backyard? We're going to have a secret shopper coming at us. Look, when I was a puka, thank you, I rang my own bell. Um, I was like, we'd have like wine contests with upselling and like, it's just, it's easy to like plant a seed, plant a suggestion and just be like, pick like three of your favorite wines, things that are upsell and just be like this and you, that you genuinely like, just don't be like, and then how about, how about you know, don't be a dick fake shit wad about like, well, it. What do you like? But, I'll be, and and, so, yeah, I'll and, be like, and don't say like, oh, really I like the $80 one. Right. Say something say, like, like, I like the $40 one, you no, know? <laughs> I was just kidding. I meant yeah. to have a descriptor. No, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Like I like it because it's like a bold and fruity red wine. I love drinking this one. Don't be like, I love it's it like, because it costs a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. And that is also with upselling. Don't upsell just to get the most expensive thing because then you just like a tacky, look like a tacky asshole. And nobody gets horny about that. Nobody's horny right now. Nobody. Just a bunch of dry cooches. (laughs) All sitting around. Okay. And then lastly, and I, I, again. Dry cooch equals empty wallet. (laughs) Get horny about the job, you guys. Um, Write on the receipt. If you feel like that is appropriate for a table you really liked, a little thank you. You know, a phone never number. never did anything for me. No, you don't I, think? I don't think that Oh, works. I never would write like a smiley face or thank you. I was never a fan of that. I was just leaving my phone number on every receipt. Call me. Just confusing everyone sexually. Um, but whatever. And also, don't be afraid. Uh, if it's appropriate and your table is talking to you, it is totally cool and one of the perks of the job to be able to network a little bit on the job, like especially if you're a bartender and you have a regular who it's like, okay, this guy's a studio exact. People want to talk to you as a bartender. They do, which is really great. Sometimes and so, a little too much. But. Exactly. Like you don't have to be this person who's bartending with a stack of headshots behind them or whatever. But like, yeah, if someone's talking about their industry, like don't be afraid to be like, well, this is what I do when I'm not here, you know? And you never know. You could land a cool job, work Work for them, get get a leg up in a different. Yeah, industry. we're all those people. Everybody's horny. Everybody's happy. Everyone. Look, I feel like after this training meeting, we're definitely gonna have to have some sensitivity training meeting with all this horny talk. That's right. <laughs> I know, so horny. But you know, anyways, we just wanted to say it is possible. We have we're you know we're walking the walk. We can talk the talk. Like it's still rough out there. Don't get me wrong. We've been unemployed since. It's been a long time. Really struggling to reshape my career and figure out what to do. And basically, I run an Airbnb and I'm a maid. So, you know, it's all good. But uh, I was thinking about picking up one or two restaurant shifts a week. I mean, I'd love to. I'd come in and see you. 
I'd request your section. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, thanks. And I'd girl. stiff you, um, if you get a badge. Me. If you don't follow all of my, the rules, the horny the, rules, the, the horny, rules. Hor- I want the the horny. Yeah, horny you don't rules. write on my receipt. No tip for you. No tip for you. I want you to write if horny call and then. <laughs> Hot and horny question mark. I have said horny more times in this like 45 minutes than I've ever said in my whole life. Whole I'm life. going Quite for certain. never saying it. Yeah. That's totally fair. You you have a right to not be horny, Jocelyn. Oh, God. Hey, guys. Let's please welcome uh, to the show Tiffany and Danielle Putterbaugh, the Putterbaugh sisters. Thanks for being here, ladies. Thanks for having us. Two funny gals from Chicago. Two funny gals. They share the same parents. Uh, this we one, do. same mom, same dad. This when we do podcasts, I always like to say this one is Danielle. And I'm Tiffany. And here comes Lane. And here comes the pups. a lot of pups around. A lot of dogs that hang lurk about, hang about. Um, we're happy you guys are here. So diving right into it. Waiting tables, getting in the service industry. Is it hell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're familiar. I'm familiar. How great. Yes. You know what? We also, I don't know if you guys usually do a Chicago guest, but this is an all Chicago room right here. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. Solid Chicago Got a room. solid Cubs room. Solid. Is this about the Cubs? <laughs> Cubbies. How you do it. Baseball? Uh, <laughs> Bulls. Did, I luckily never. Did anyone serve in Wrigleyville? Mm, no, I would. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Did I've, anybody ever do a 4 a.m. bar? I did. Yes. Hell no. I you bartended. Did. You worked at a 4 a.m. Yeah. bar? 4 a.m. bar downtown. I and was, it was the worst. It is the worst. I did. I was in college at the time. It was a place called The Apartments. I've talked about it here before. It was on Lincoln. I remember it's like the Lincoln apartment. and Armitage area. Haunted. Lincoln like, haunted oh, place. Lincoln. I feel like every place lion's was haunted. Head was it right upstairs? To the Red it was Lion? The apartment. Was it like next to the Red Lion or ups- affiliated? It was the Lion Head Pub downstairs, mm-hmm. and upstairs was called the apartment. And it was haunted, right? No, oh. it was a. <laughs> it was, I thought this I was about haunted, haunted bar. Let's say it was haunted. <laughs> Every was, bar in Chicago is haunted a little bit, even with live people. Haunted you know? by cokeheads. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there are. As a 4 a.m. bar normally is. Yeah. Every 4 a.m. bar is haunted with cokeheads. But yeah, 4 a.m. bars. Where did you work? I worked at the Underground Wonder Bar. Oh, oh I don't like that place. Is that by the Metro? It was fun. Huh? Is that by the metro or by the by the river or something? Oh, it was downtown. It was downtown, like heart of downtown. Okay, okay. And, um, like Kedzie or Kinsey. Yeah, it was like a two. reggae bar, but like, so it was like pretty fun. People were smoking weed inside a lot, but then also a lot of white girls peeing themselves. And uh, yeah, and then you get that out of- That was a funny No man. And then, but like it was really mismanaged. That. So after our shift, we would all just stay in the bar and smoke cigarettes and then just get shit-faced and then leave at like 8 a.m. and be like, what is happening? So that was positive for my drink. Why, do you tell do it, why don't you tell furthermore about the- um, Rasta Mama that owned the bar that you would also just wait outside for the keys because oh, nobody yeah. would let you in. Well, they were all very high. And there was a woman <laughs> who owned the bar, but like her sons managed it. And I would like get to work and then I'd be like, um, I don't have the keys and nobody's here. And they'd be like, yeah, just uh, we'll be there. And it would be like the dead of winter. And I'd be like, okay, I am here for like an hour now. And they're like, oh it's going to be fine. And then they would just come whenever they wanted to or oh whenever they weren't God. high and then like let me in. And then I would have to like set up the entire bar in like 20 minutes and 
One of the fun. sons was I hot, made though. no money, you know? So that was the next question. So like grand total, Daniel, how many years in the service industry? Um, whew. you know, I haven't stepped foot in it. Well, I'll get to that. I haven't officially, I staged here in LA and that made me want to slit my wrists. Um, <laughs> But I have, so I haven't It's actually, nice to audition for a job you don't want. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, it's nice to audition with a 21-year-old. Um, it's a nice roundabout feeling of LA being like, I want to get the jobs that I, I'm going to get the jobs I really want. I'll settle for the ones I had in my 20s. Well, I'm following around a 21-year-old and didn't get the job, you know? We worked at a bar that we would close the bar down, go get high in my van, and then get wasted and then come back and people would be like, where are you? Where have you guys been? And then us and the bartenders would be like, the bar's closed. And they're like, it doesn't close till two. And we're like, I know, but it's closed. Yeah, and no, then not just, just us. Drunk at the it bar. was the, the staff, the staff. Because Ohio drinking is somehow even scarier. Scarier than, yeah, Chicago drinking. It's sadder. Wow, I can't imagine such a thing. <laughs> not as no. Go deeper into yeah. the Midwest. This was like Ohio college campus. Drinking, yeah, Ohio right? yeah. Even, okay, a little even fair. deeper yeah. than, than yeah. that. Yeah, and we were like right. 21, 22, so that's also like... You the can, kind of shit-faced drinking that you're like, this is never going to have consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't but, have hangovers. Everything's fine. But yeah, you, we would get there, and the bartender, there was a Jaeger on on kegerator or tap mm-hmm. or whatever. A Jaegerator, if you will. A Jaegerator, mm-hmm. if you will. <laughs> and we would just get there and he he would just be like, well, it would literally be like opening at like 10 and he'd be like, well, I'm just doing this today. And he would just... I call that blackout juice. Mm-hmm. That's Yo, blackout juice. Very gross. Yucky. The part that I wanted Tiff to elaborate Wait, on... How many years to answer the question? I'm saying seven Maybe even eight. Let's go eight. Let's max, max it out at eight. Okay. Um, I, my first job was at a restaurant when I was 14. I was a hostess. And then I. Oh, yeah. Hostess years? Yeah, we'll go to 10. I guess it's been 10 <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, it no, all counts. Never mind. I forgot about a hostess in years. Counts. It all counts as a hostess. And then I got, um, I worked for a very corrupt Italian man at, at a restaurant called Carsoni's, and they just went ahead and let me bartend at 16. Whoa. <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, so I just went ahead and started bartending at 16, and he was like, don't tell anybody how old you are. And I was like... But it was like so obvious you're fucking 16 years old, I'm sure. My like, God. So, so like, what were you slinging? Did you learn how to make things? Was it learn as you go? Yeah, it was like Ohio drinking. So it was like a lot of like, there was a lot of construction workers that were there, and it was just like shots and beers and like... Mixed drinks. It wasn't if, fancy cocktails. I didn't muddle anything. I'm you know what I mean? If that was <laughs> me, they'd all be, what are those peach fuzzies, fuzzy navels? That's yeah. what it would oh, be. Yeah. If, if I was a 16-year-old bartender, I'd be like, you want a fuzzy navel? Fuzzy navel? This is a new drink I invented. It's a Zima with a watermelon Chelly Rancher yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's really uh, like apple, Snapple oh, yeah. and vodka. I played a lot of games of like, <laughs> what did you say? Ah, oh, that sounds like this is what's in that drink like, to me. The only thing that you was know? muddled was my child. Like, <laughs> again, also tip. I forgot. I oh, did my good no, money yeah, there. I was fourteen. I was like fourteen, and that was my first one of my first after babysitting jobs, and that was also Carsoni's. That was hostessing Carsoni's, and the um, gosh, the dude. Well, there was a guy. The main owner that you worked with was Frank Carsoni, and he was like actually this Italian guy. But the guy that ran it under him, or no, they sold it to him. Or sold it to him. He was a sleaze bag, and he would tell me, 
Well, they this, did make me bartend at 16, so I don't think they uh, were good guys. <laughs> yeah, this gets into another podcast, which I won't go too deep into, but it, um, this one goes into a sexual assault podcast oh. that we'll go next. We'll oh do my next God. Time. It's funny. Don't worry. It's not going to get too dark. But he would always sideswipe, talk to me. I was like literally 15. He'd be like, well, I'm also working on this porn site. And he would tell me about no, how he No, he didn't say also- it was a porn site. He said I was doing, he's doing like a web he was working on a website he's a web designer or something yeah um but then his creepy friend would come and they would both talk about it and then they'd like eventually started making jokes to me and i'd be like "Eh," nervous laugh and then they i remember they took a picture of me one time and i came home and like told tiff and then like my like casually told my dad and my italian dad went to that Italian man and said, you're not going back there. What's so. funny is that I don't know what Photoshopping he was doing, but I don't just either. A, a 15 year old, like bussing subs off a table. I don't <laughs> think it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what porn yeah. that is. Uh, Photoshop also, had just dropped. And uh, <laughs> that would have been too, that would have been like, too, like 19, that was like 1999 Photoshopping yeah, hadn't too. been around for that long. Like yeah. that would not have been. The height of technology. <laughs> yeah. Photoshopping, brilliant. So, Tiff, how 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 long? Oh you God, have? um, like twenty years or more. I don't know. I've been doing it since I was like fourteen, on and off, and then I bartended for years in Chicago, and then here I bartended for a minute and said this is bad and I can't do this. And yeah, like, oh my gosh. I know. Way too long. 15 years? 15? 15 to 20. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that we is, just I did it. Yeah. We were like seven. Five, I took seven, a catering nine, job here. 13, 14, five. I mean, we've all talked about it collectively between the three of us plus Brian plus Kyle. It's like 70 years or something. Yeah. Way something too really long. depressing. <laughs> really sad. Yeah. Really sad. It sounds like a prison sentence. Like 15 to 20. I don't know. <laughs> I got 15 it to 20. It was. You also kind of try to block it out. So I think that's why oh, also, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I blocked some of those out. Oh, hostessing. Yeah. Okay. I worked I at like out. a fine oh, dining yeah. place when I was 22. And I think I made more money now. Na- I made more money than, than I've ever made in my life. I like, made so much money. I was money making thousands of dollars yes. a week and being like, I had nothing to pay. I lived in Ohio. My rent was like seventy-five. So <laughs> I was like, what did I do with all that money? You're like, I'm buying pizzas I think about for it. everyone at this party. So <laughs> collectively, so many years waiting tables. How many jobs did you work together? Oh, we worked a lot of jobs together. Um, we Carsonis. Worked, worked at Carsonis, first job. Italian, I got her a job. I was, like, I was like, you can't not take this opportunity. <laughs> I'm, I'm bartending at 16. Oh, what shit Italian food, um, too. Literally, it's yeah. like just some nasty pasta um, with gross sauce. We worked sauce. at um, The Dube together. That was the Jägermeister bartender. The nice. college okay. campus. Um, that was after I had just graduated my arts management media. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I... I went to acting school. Of course, we're in the same place. Yeah. Where do you go first? Yeah. To a restaurant. <laughs> that should be the class. I yeah. still stand by it. There should be a class in any arts school. If you're going for any kind of far, fine arts, be like, 
Can you give me a class called um, "What Do I Do Immediately After This?" Though, and how, then how do poor. I how do I pay for this immediate? Like, so, like, yes. How do you fill out a resume for Carsoni yes. and the Blue Danube? Because that's where we're all going. Hold the tray. Walk this obstacle course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carry like that would have giant so tray. Yeah. yeah. That would have been so much more helpful than all of the classes where I wore black, comfortable clothes and rolled around on the floor. <laughs> uh, this Says is helpful. You. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, so I just graduated. We worked at and like. And so we went to the, we, we were playing the game called How Quick Do We Get Out of Ohio. So we both, Tiff started working at the Blue Danube. Then again, you opened the door and I stepped in and they yeah. said, we'll hire the sisters. Did you guys like, I mean, I just envisioned there's like a, a jar in your apartment that just says Chicago or bus. And you just oh my God. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Was there really? There was a jar. Oh it was actually a piggy bank. And we had a oh, yeah. actual piggy bank. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We were like three We just months, would keep putting this? cash in there. We got a shit apartment on campus. Of course, remain drunk for those three months. But again, Didn't you make tons money. of money. It was like a hip, it was a hip, it was like the hipster spot of, of Columbus. And so like, you would like, just sling PBRs and like when you're that young and you're making like burgers. four or five hundred dollars a night you're yeah. like what oh do I God. do like oh this is how my life's always gonna go I also right love that you're like, like I've made enough everybody out like then we <laughs> will not pay for drinking alcohol we'll just drink all the alcohol here yeah, for free we got it you guys both worked at town hall pub this correct uh, we were in a show there for a bazillion years. Did and you both bartend there? I bartended during um, any like pride market days, anything like that. I would always bartend. So, and at Berlin, we ran a show there and then they would let me bartend there. God. So set up Town Hall Pub for us and what um, it was like. It was a shit dive uh, that was run by a chauvinistic cokehead and... Mm. It was with a Grateful Dead twist. Yeah, he was with a, a Grateful jam Dead twist. band guy, a jam band guy with, a, but a, in a um, gay neighborhood and right Boys Town in, in Chicago. Boys Town, where it was like held together by like duct tape. There was nothing. Like all of the stools had like nails poking out of them, and like what it was, it was a great time. You guys um, ran the best comedy show there. Yeah, we ran a show there for eight years. Every Call it Sunday. Entertaining Julia, which is mm-hmm. an ode to the bartender, Julia, because that's the only person that you should fucking entertain at a comedy show yeah. in your guys' eyes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd. And, uh, and they sold, I loved their their drink specials were, for some reason, they sold... Um, Jello those, shots. Which Jello shots. Takes Jello shots. And gummy bears. They sold uh, vodka gummy bears. Like, literally, you would like... That's just fun. Yeah, that's yep. just fun. I'm Little ramekins of, of gummy bears. And it was just, the taps got, had like not been cleared oh, forever. Oh, the taps so never been cleared. So it's like drinking pennies. Did they sell like schooners of beer? Like the, the, the big like schooner shaped glass? It was all pints there. It was all pints. But they had, they like, sold pitchers. They had, yes. Pitchers. They had pitchers. And $7 and then, PBR pitchers. Again, tasted like nails. But you were like, great deal. Great deal. <laughs> and, and five rounds of gummy bears. And like the worst hangover you'll ever have. Because you were just drinking sugar. And, and bacteria then, like, from bacteria. Line. Yeah. And then um, they also sold something called the Strong Island. And it was oh just every liquor that you Every well put. liquor. Let's, well, here's oh, fine. They had like, had, like well the base, base, base oh, But well there was liquor. no, yeah, 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 here's yeah, the yeah. secret. There yeah. was no top shelf liquor there because the owner would have like people that bartended there be he'd be like you'd take like a jameson bottle and you'd pour like old crow oh, into put that it. skull in that shit yeah you'd pour like you'd take like a, a bottle of tito's and you'd pour like um dimitri vodka into it you're like pouring homeless vodka and then people are like being like 
why was I always throwing up after that? And I was like, you're drinking homeless vodka. Oh my God. That <laughs> happened to me at Smog Cutter when it was open. I totally felt like I got alcohol poisoning because I was ordering Tito sodas, but it was like, no, this is swill. Yeah. This is like, I think I'm pretty sure this is a jar of rubbing alcohol. They did that at the Lincoln Lodge too. You'd always. Oh, I totally saw Mary. Mary would yeah. definitely pour. I totally saw her. She do had that. like a bottle of Jameson that was like from 1963. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was never a different label. <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Different kind of label that you yeah. can't even I, get on Jameson been, anymore. I, I always got a weird fucked up buzz at that place for sure. Oh. You'd take a it shot and you go, "That's not right." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also important to say that Mary, the bartender, was um, the most set. 81, if not at 76, least. if not 81. She was a character, like you can't write somebody like she her. She wore old Polish blouses, well, like looked like she was wearing a Polish wig, and you'd say, can I have a drink? And like jam-packed with people wanting moose heads, and she would just walk the slowest yeah, she didn't give ever. a fuck. Yeah, no, she, she didn't give a so fuck. so slow and to give you your weird. Dealt with it. I love especially all these old stories of like the comedy community descending on these places, like old bars, places, old shitty dive bars run by like cokehead jam band fans and <laughs> revitalizing them and giving them a boost in business. That's and like, true. that's the only reason they're open. Oh, and yeah. that's the all their money is because they stayed open yeah. a lot of them. And I don't think that like they, I don't think those owners or those people like really appreciated or understood like yeah what? did mary really know you know well, what i mean what like you know they didn't care about anything you know they who don't knew care. the lincoln lodge waitresses that were incredible they were yes. like 47 yes. they looked like truck stop waitresses yes. with like blue eyeliner was there a specific outfit they all had to wear the same yes, it was a they all wore the same outfit. looking outfit right yeah it was like a scene from like a movie you know they did and some of them had like looked like they were wearing a wig they were great. One Mary. of them had a nice flower in her hair. She would wear yes. her, I her always, shift, her shift flower. Yep. <laughs> and the majority of us, I think. They were really great, though. They were always great. I was so kind and so efficient. Kind. Yeah. yeah. And most of us who were there were also waiting tables and in the service industry. So we would tip the shit out of those yeah. ladies. Yeah, they probably made great money. Three, two, one, go. So Carsoni's location, strip mall, Gahana, Ohio. Ohio. I was 14. You were 16. Well, I started at 14 and then I brought you in and said, what a co- career opportunity. And thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, shit Italian food, chauvinist stick man took a picture of me to Photoshop style 1998 uh, on his porn website. Yeah. They That's told, how my career I was a hostess. There. They told me um, I begged them to start bartending and they said I could start bartending at 16 and I said this is incredible that's what I've always dreamed of <laughs> how did your how did you end there uh not the not I the worked Photoshop there, way and then I worked at the other uh, that that location closed down they moved four doors down in the strip mall and I worked there um and wait I, your dad said you couldn't work there anywhere because he took a photo of you but you were fine my dad is yeah <laughs> She might have. She might have stopped by that time. It's foggy. Uh, this is no, going- I, I think he said like, "Ah, Tiff's got it." And I was like, eh, "I'm tough." Uh, I don't know. I, I well, Eric, he didn't take a picture of you to Photoshop. I guess I wasn't. I was pretty lucky. I wasn't hot enough to be on the Carsoni's porn website. I guess. <laughs> um, so then the Blue Danube, uh, which Columbus, Ohio, like a hipster Ohio bar, State University campus. Yeah, on campus. Again, um, held together by duct tape. You could like smoke inside. There was like. You know, it's PBR like, shots it smelled like you would think that grilled it cheese, old and gross lines. Yeah. Yeah. Old gross lines, burgers. Um, still to date, I think my favorite restaurant I've ever worked at, though. 
When it's fun, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Then we cut to Chicago. Cut to Chicago. We worked together at a lot of places, but running shows. Oh, we did work together at the Wonder Bar. Danielle showed up shit housed, and she got fired immediately. And oh, Tiff is so me. mad at me. Which again, I deserve to be. Been, but mad. wow. Danielle God, couldn't carry this, any trays mm. and what just started drinking other people's beers and they told her to leave. And that was not, not She's embarrassing like, I'm for family. me. You can't stay mad at me. Like Yeah. And I was like, and then yeah. one of the one of the waitresses was like, Your sister has a problem. I was like, Yeah, I have a problem too, because <laughs> I have to be here till four and now I have to cover my shift and Danielle's shift. You were a cocktail server and I was a bartender, so I had to do both. Because mm. that's the fun when your sister works there and she's not doing a good job, they say. Mm. Take oh on my gosh, jobs. wait. We, speaking of us, you getting mad at me um, and us both losing a job, of course, we had a month at the illustrious karaoke bar in Oh, Trader Todd's. Trader Todd's. We had a hot month. So Trader Todd's was a really shitty karaoke tiki bar with juicy drinks and I can't even imagine the fucking fruit flies. But owned by the actor who played Ogre in the Revenge of the Nerds movies. Yes, and it was in the heart of Wrigleyville, right where nobody wants a tiki bar. And they only had rum smoothie style pina colada rum drinks. And it was a karaoke bar. Was that a 4 a.m.? I can't remember. It felt like a 4 a.m. because there would be shit faced Wrigleyville girls all being like, I want to say shoop. And I can't believe we forgot about that. That was a horrible career move. There was one guy still, I cannot think, I cannot hear the song Purple Rain without thinking of it. There was a huge security guard that worked the door at, um, what was that place called? Big Shitty Chat. Big Shitty Chat. Big Shitty. Which was around Big the corner. Shitty. I was oh going to bring it God. up. Big Shitty. Yeah. Across the street. That Big place shitty. was hell. Wow. <laughs> that was Big hell. Shitty Chat, the worst 4 a.m. bar. You had to go through like two security checkpoints to like get into I the went bar. There Shutter home. And then they would kick you out. Shutter like home. it would be they like, what? They out all, all the time. And they're the kind of place they had like the pre-measured like little spiral phone cord they put on top of the liquor yeah. bottles when they poured your yes. drink. That was like the nastiest place to get hit on. You would feel like what? So like gross. the it was so grossest gross. way that you would like people would hit on you there. Um, Finish your story about yeah. Your about tots. Tots. Sorry, no. There is enormous security guard. Every single night at the close of his shift, he would walk across the street to Trader Todd's and he would say, "Please." Play Purple Rain. And he would sing Purple Rain like his life depended on it every <laughs> single night. Every single night. And he oh would be God. like, like, I mean, and it was it it wasn't bad. And also, of course, it shouldn't be because he did it every night. Just that one song, as if it was like his show. And then of course one night he ended up hitting on me and telling me, like, yeah, I wanna, you know, eventually I wanna get on like American Idol. So that was like his routine, you know, do the shift, work at Big Shitty Tap, go across the street own belt it with your life purple rain i hope get he's okay after he's prince probably, died i'm no, probably yeah. not okay what happens then i mean i bet he's he did a lot of i bet he's doing a tribute i bet he does tributes like oh and now i'd like God. to dedicate this oh man. after my shift well there was a giant boat you could also drink on and so like when there was nothing to do they would be like act busy go clean the boat and we'd be like and all oh the people God. that worked there, there was some like Ford, you know, some lifers, some like life servers that were like 43 and they still acted like they cared. So there was this one like 43 year old woman named Sandy. And I think she Sandy would, was like 55 because I'm almost 43 and I'm not Sandy's page. You yeah, know what I mean? 55. So like, <laughs> um, she would she would always be like 
whenever it would be dead, she'd be like, in case Todd comes in, the owner, she'd be like, in case Todd comes in, let's all, let's all go clean the boat. And so Sandy would tell us, we would like, you know, there's nothing worse than like the downtime of feeling like even more degraded of what do I have to do? Oh, polish these screws. I've got to polish the screws for my downtime. So our downtime. Nice and shiny for Todd. Can I tell the story of how Danielle um, got us both fired at Trader Todd's? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. This is Um, an important tale. So we had some, it was a party at our house where we had been drinking all night and I was like, Danielle, you got to work your shift tomorrow. Mm -hmm. She's like, I know it's fine. I'm going to set my alarm. She's set her alarm and her alarm kept going off and kept going off. And I was like, Danielle, you have to get up. You have to go to, you have to go to work. You have to go to work at Trader Todd's. And she was like, no, I got a plan. And I was like, what is your plan? And she was like, and then it was like, it, it passed like one, two, three. I think her shift was like at noon. And then I was like, it's four. You have to at least call them and tell them you're not coming in. And she goes, no, I got a plan. I'm going to do a little acting. And I was like, okay, what's, what's your acting plan? And she was like, I'm going to go in at, and I'm just going to say, oh, what? I thought I was supposed to be here right now. So she goes in at like 7.15 and goes, I I thought my shift was right now. And he was like, you were supposed to be here at noon and and you're drunk. And Danielle goes, yeah, I know. And he goes, all right, well, you're fired. And she goes, well, what about my sister? And he goes, go ahead and tell her she's fired too. (laughs) (laughs) They were looking for a way. You know what I mean? But to be they were looking for a way for Sandy to get more hours, you yeah. know. And well, I was, you should have cleaned was, the boat better. I yeah. Should, yeah, I was making a hot anywhere between nine to seventeen dollars walking. That was one of the worst paid <laughs> jobs. Jobs, yeah. Here's a tip: when you move to LA from Chicago, uh, there's not going to be ever the type of bars that you experienced in Chicago. So don't try to look for them. Um, I kept asking where are the dive bars. People kept saying the drawing room, and I stand by the fact that I don't like that bar. And it's a shit hallway with cokeheads in it, and it has those are that is not some Polish uncles drinking. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, right, right. I, want, I agree. I I want my moose head. I want Mary to be really slow behind the bar. Um, I want there to be like five construction workers that just talk to you about like working at a factory. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still have not found uh, the equivalent, but I do like in LA footsies. Um, That is in Highland Park. And the Blue Room in Burbank. Yeah, that place is uh, pretty fun. Yeah. Burbank has a few little fun haunts. There's a place called the Snug which is a great little Irish bar, great little dive bar. Mm. Um, oh, the Red Lion's fun, but that's not cheap or anything. I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't hang there. I hate the smoking patio. The smoking's rough for me. And then I just, I, that's I not just, a dive either. I just don't feel at home there. Um, I will say we, we go to the boat. We go to Pickwick Bowling in Burbank, and the bar that is in that it's bowling awesome. alley is incredible. Oh, and you I will get go to go bowling alley bars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you will that get food poisoning. Great. From And All Star Lanes is also pretty shitty, yeah. too, yeah, in a good way. Fun. There's a Glendale bowling alley that feels like if I just took the bar out of it, yeah, that's the kind of bar I'd like to drink at. Absolutely. And Dave's up on, I think it's on Broadway, oh. and Glendale is Prime. It's up the street. It's oh, solid. And they do karaoke like every night. Oh, good. Fun. Dave's? They have hot Dave's. dogs on like one of those rolling 7-Eleven things. Who knows how long the they've been there. 
I love that. Who it's knows? a solid, solid. I'm pretty sure Good. the last time I was there, there was an animal that was dead in the walls and rotting because mm. I just kept smelling that sweet, sweet rotten meat. That's smell. the good stuff. So you know it's good. Yes. Um, so here's a tip. Um, happy hours are never too happy. And <laughs> never work at a 4 a.m. bar um, unless you are have a railing Coke problem. And then you'll probably be <laughs> successful there. Uh, here's a tip on my... Favorite bars in LA, I would say Akbar is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. Bar in LA, um, it's a gay bar, but it's kind of like an everybody bar, and it's the equivalent to um, Berlin. So if you're from Chicago and you like Berlin, I would say to go to Akbar, and that's where your show is. That's where my show is. Um, I also first like, Sundays of every month. I also there like go, the baby. Eagle, which is also kind of a bear bar, and yes. they kind have, of they well, it's and by kind of it. I mean it's a bear bar. <laughs> And they have like $2 Coors Lights in the middle of the day. So if you're ever like having a Saturday and you want to like hang out with some bears and also drink a Coors Light for $2, Head it's to your the place. Eagle. Here's a tip. Okay. Did you know you can make a rotisserie chicken in an Instant Pot? <gasps> I love my Instant Pot. Instant Pot is my favorite. Last night... I fully made low FODMAP, SIBO friendly, roast chicken. It made broth with it. Mm. Do you do you stand it up? So like Well you put in some olive oil and then you put it on um what's this that saute? So you sear the sides of the chicken first. Seal in the juices. Then you put in so after you've seasoned it, then you put in some water. It's twenty-five minutes. That's all it takes. Which Dude. In the Instant Pot, it does take more like 10 to 15 to 20 minutes to heat it up. So when you say something's going to cook for 15 minutes, it's, it's 40, probably 30 or 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm. the time you put on is 25, I but would it's love about to do 40 a, minutes. a side-by-side taste test because uh, Brian Lucas is the king of roasted chicken. I was like, oh, this is why we're married. He just keeps getting fucking better Ooh. and better at roasting chicken. It's well, we'll have to take thing. your roasted chicken tips later. Mm, but it was really mm, good. Mm. The broth was delicious. It, you know, it's fall apart right off the bone, Ugh. instant pot style. So yeah, highly recommend. You can you can Google. There's a million recipes. Oh, well, you know what sounds good on the side with that? A chowda popsicle. Ha! No. Sounds like Sounds like the least horny I've ever been now. Gross. Mm. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Side Work. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. I think Kyle will hopefully be back with us soon. Yay! We love and miss you. Um, if you're liking the podcast, please subscribe. Jocelyn, what do we do with those stars? Smash them. You smash them. <laughs> All right. Smash that five-star logo if you want to. Write a review. It's hilarious <laughs> hearing <laughs> smash them stars. Um, And please give us a server submitted story. Hit us up. Uh, drop it in our DM on Instagram at Sidework Podcast. We love you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.